Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Bantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to episode 193 of the Habs 360 Podcast. It is our first episode of 2017. So like I said, Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you enjoyed our last two episodes, which were the best of the the first half of uh, the season but it's great to be back live and to bring you the latest on the montreal canadians since our last live episode canadians they've had a record of five two and two so that's 12 of a possibility of 18 points and on the current road trip canadians have a record of three one and two and that's uh, eight out of the 12 possible points and the road trip concludes tonight in Toronto when the Canadians face the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And while the Leafs do actually have a chance of winning this game, considering the Canadians have seven AHL players uh, on, their, uh, on their lineup. If you look at the standings, Canadians, they've played 39 games. They have a record of 24-9-6. and six. That gives them 54 points. They're four points behind the first place. In the Eastern Conference, the Columbus Blue Jackets are on top, and the Jackets do have two games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And while considering the Blue Jackets have won through what was it, 16 games in a row, the Canadiens are only four points behind from them. The Canadiens certainly have had a good start of the season. And if we look in the in the division for the Canadiens in the Atlantic, they have a 10-point lead over the Leafs and the uh, Ottawa Senators. So those Senators and those Leafs, if, if the playoffs would have started today, it would be that Battle of Ontario, which we know historically has always been a, a good rivalry series between those teams. And while the Canadians kind of sucks, they'd face one of the wildcard teams from the Metropolitan Division. So it'd probably be like the, uh, either the Capitals or the Flyers. You'd probably want to face the Leafs instead. All right. Getting back to uh, what we're here to do is talk Montreal Canadiens, our question of the day. Well, we know Canadians, it's the injury bug that's hitting them. Gallagher out for at least eight weeks. Paul Byron is out as well. Don't have many details on him on how long he'll be up. But if you add that to the injury of uh, Alex Galchenyuk, it leads us to our question on who needs to step up offensively for the Habs until the key players are healthy. You can let us know via Twitter at Tabs360. You can also uh, 
reach us on the All Habs Facebook page. And our phone lines will be open in the third segment where you could call in and give us your thoughts. Uh, we also posted a poll question. Like I mentioned, Canadians have collected eight out of the 12 possible points on this road trip. Do you consider the trip a success? 84 uh, sorry, it's the choices are yes, no, or depends on tonight's game against the Maple Leafs. So you let us know, vote on that poll question, give us your comments as well, and we'll take a look at the results in the third segment. Joining us in about 20 minutes' time will be TSN Montreal Bureau reporter John Liu. He's going to reach us, and we're going to speak to him in regards to the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens. So it's a busy show, so let's get it started. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. Well, this is the most popular segment in, uh, in podcasts with the Montreal Canadiens or anything related. It is the Winners and the Losers of the Week. And joining me once again to help me out with the winners and the losers, he's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. On the road with the Ice Caps on his way to Syracuse for tonight's games, Rick Stevens. Rick, welcome back and a Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Chris. And uh, Merry Christmas to uh, all of those that are celebrating uh, today on the, uh, the other calendar and, well, Canadians, uh, we always decide how we're going to set the winners or the losers based on how the Canadians uh, have been doing in the last week. I think it's been pretty, pretty positive, Rick. So let's start with uh, the winners. Uh, the winners, uh, I'm going to take uh, Max Pacioretty. He's been, uh, he, he's been terrific. Uh, I mean, all the criticism he had, the lack of respect. I, I think he, he gets more respect around the league than he does in Montreal, uh, with the exception of, of Tortorella. Um, because, uh, you know, people wanted him uh, traded. They wanted the captaincy removed from him. Uh, but he's just been absolutely on fire since the... Um, we know that during November he had a broken foot, had, uh, you know, kind of a, a slow month in November, but uh, was on fire in December since December 4th. Uh, 13 goals in 15 games, um, back-to-back games. These last two games, he's had the overtime winner. Um, and he's actually now set a franchise record with eight overtime goals. Um, he has six game-winning goals this season. Um, and uh, if you go back to uh, 2013-14, he has 33 game-winning goals. That's second in the league only to Alex Ovechkin. What else can you want from uh, from your captain? What else can you want from uh, your best sniper? He's um, I, I, well. I, th- I think it's 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 you know some of the 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 projections are kind of silly, but but suffice to say he's back on on track for uh, his uh, close to 40 goal season. Uh, with uh, at the 39 goal mark, he's got 18 goals and 15 assists for 33 points. So uh, hats off to Max Pacioretty this week. Back for Nathan Bolgan. Now fired in down low. Radulov behind the net. Looks out front. Center. Pacioretty scores! Gallagher is hunched over on the Canadian bench. And you've got to think he's saying, not again. Pacioretty scores! 
got blocked to no added and escapes. And now the long pass, and it's Pacioretty in alone. Pacioretty makes Montreal Canadiens history. And well, those were goals 16 to 18 that were scored by the Canadian captain Max Pacioretty. We heard John Bartlett saying that it was uh, he sets a record, but and there was a record. I think I saw corrected because at one point it came out with a tweet that said that he tied Aurel Joliet and the Howie Morant with eight overtime goals. But regardless whether he's first, whether he's on his own or tied for first, he's certainly doing uh, great. And let's hear uh, the coach following the game against the Stars. And uh, uh, Patch, you know, he's playing. He's playing for as far as I'm concerned. He's he's really solid and. Uh, He's he's got a lot of passion in his game and he's worked extremely hard and this is what you're looking for your your captain and guy who just follow their leaders. And well, I agree with the coach that he is playing his best hockey of the season right now. Uh, and it's ever since we found out about the injury, it seems that when the news that Eric Angles broke out the news about uh, that Patrick was playing with an injury, it seemed at that point that he was healed, and ever since then, he's been on fire. 13 goals, like Rick mentioned, in the last 15 games. It's crazy to try to prorate that because it gives it, it would go to like a 71-goal season, which we know wouldn't happen. But uh, it, but it's not only his scoring. I think his body language is, is more positive as well. When you hear him speaking after the games, uh, he's even on the ice. He looks like much more positive. He gets in the dirty areas a little bit more than he did at the beginning of the season. And and don't get me wrong, the criticism that he did face at the start of the season, I think it was earned, but that's because we didn't know about the injury. The fact that we didn't know about his injury, it was earned. If we would have known about the injury, then no. But regarding in those circumstances, it was uh, I think they were deserved because he wasn't uh, he wasn't living up to our expectations. Other record that he broke this week. First Canadians player with uh, back-to-back overtime winners in regular season. And first player ever in the NHL to score overtime winners, whether it be regard- uh, regular season or playoffs, on back-to-back days. So quite the accomplishment by the Canadians captain Max Pacioretty. So that's a good choice for uh, for your winner of the week, Rick. I'm going to move on now to, uh, to mine and my winner of the week is Alex Radulov. Back to the line. Knocked down in front of the net. The Canadian cleared out to Radulov. Got to center. Backhanded the pass ahead. It comes back to him. Scores! And Alex Goldier, that's got it. Trying to set it up for Radulov. And he's got it. Alexander Radulov breaking in. Scores! So those were goals number eight and nine for Alex Radulov. First one was on New Year's Eve, a game called by Bob Cole. So that's a great way to spend New Year's Eve to have Bob Cole calling a Montreal Canadiens game. And on top of that, he knew that Radulov scored. So that's a bonus as, uh, as well. In the last week, Radulov, two goals, two assists, finished a plus two with a 20 minutes of ice time on average. And we saw it again this week. The Radulov, he's he's passionate about the game. He he loves the game of hockey, and he seems really really happy uh, to be playing for the Montreal Canadiens. And well, this week the Canadiens face the Nashville Predators. A lot of the talk heading into it was around Shea Weber going back to Nashville, 
but it was also the first game for Radulov back with his old team. He wasn't pleasantly greeted from the fans. He was booed. And let's hear what Radulov had to say on that after the game. You know what? It's just a game. I mean, uh, I can't really control that. You know, they their fans they buy any tickets and they're allowed to do whatever they want. And in that game, he stepped up. He was probably the best player on the ice for both teams. He got a pair of assists on that game, and Duel was a game that finished by a score of two to one. So he was really a uh, important player on that team. And Rick, last year, uh, it, it was Brendan Gallagher who whoever you'd put in any line, he'd make the players going. But this year, the spark seems to be Radulov. No matter what line he's playing on, the, the players that he plays with seem to uh, to be playing better after that. Yeah, and I think it gets to that point you were, you were making about his passion, that that passion is just infectious, uh, that dogged determination when he's out there is infectious. It, we've seen it when Lekkonen was on that line. We've seen it when, um, you know, just about anyone has played with him, that um, uh, that enthusiasm has really carried over. And I think it's, it's also... Um, uh, had an effect off the ice. Who who would have thought that, um, with all the the talk about character when he was signed, that he would be a mentor to the younger players? And you know, when we interviewed Sherback, he mentioned specifically Radulov. He spent some time with Radulov over Christmas, and and the real positive effect and and the 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 encouragement that Radulov uh, gave him. We saw that when uh, Sergachev was uh, at the beginning of the season that, that Radulov uh, and Amelin and um, uh, Galchenyuk were hanging out with Sergachev. So Radulov, again, having a positive effect on the, the younger players on the team. Um, I think he's, you know, he's uh, been apart from maybe Carey Price, uh, one of the most valuable players uh, in the first half of the season. And even this morning, uh, following the practice, uh, Sherbach did mention that uh, he said yesterday Radulov spent some time with him again, giving him some advice on his uh, on his first game, which is uh, tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So a great addition to the team has been that Alex Radulov. So let's move on now to our losers of the week. And I'll go first uh, with uh, this selection. I'm going to go with, it's not the first time I choose him as a loser of the week. I'm going to go with Thomas Plekanec, number 14 of the Montreal Canadiens. He hasn't gotten any points, even if I look in the last week, but even if I expand to it in the last six games. So he hasn't been bringing it offensively, and especially now with with injuries to uh, to Galchenyuk that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's and now Gallagher coming up. He's a player that needs to step up. He does bring his game defensively, like we said, but at some point, He's needed also to bring it offensively. He's he's even skipped a couple of turns on the power play. The only thing that I think he's been doing decent so far this season is uh, he's in a face-off circle. He's at 50, 50.4%, which is, you know, decent. As long as you're over 50, you're, you're doing good when it comes to the face-off circle. He has three goals and 13 assists, 32 points this season. Uh, sorry, he has three goals, 13 assists, 16 points. So that brings him up pace, I should say, to approximately 32 points this season. And that's way below his average. Just last year, he got uh, 54 points. So very disappointing 
week and season so far for uh, Thomas Plekanec and Rick. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Plekanec? He's definitely a player that uh, I do think needs to step up now. Yeah, I'm I'm not as as uh, hard on him. Um, I I think he does have to step up. I I think uh, much of it has to do with circumstance. Um, but but you know that there's a huge perception out there right now that that uh, Plakanitz is pulling under his weight, and uh, and he's got to do something to to change that. So, so Thomas Black and it's my loser. And Rick, why don't you tell us uh, who is your loser of the week? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play off of uh, that a bit. Um, you know, if you go to social media, one of the the media darlings uh, of this season, Philip Deno, and and for good reason. I mean, Philip Deno, um, it was an unknown uh, basically coming into this year, and he's had a decent season. Um, uh, seven goals, 11 assists. Uh, maybe it was because there was such low expectations, but the raves and the, 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 you know, adoration that's going on about Philip uh, Deneau. Um, so I'm not putting Philip Deneau as my loser of the week. I'm putting the mainstream media for their treatment of Philip Deneau as the loser of the week. Uh, because, you know, uh, We've seen on TVR um, Philip Deneau have a average game, name for a star, because they want him out there to uh, do that on ice interview in French, and um, and you, you go to social media. Philip Deneau is the next Guy Carboneau, which is is ridiculous. Let's look at the numbers. You just put um, Thomas Placanitz, um in the loser of the week category because of his offense. The two worst players on the Montreal Canadiens this season in the stat of uh, goals four per 60 minutes, five on five, are Philip Deneau and Thomas Bocanitz. They are at the bottom of the uh, those forwards that have played 10 or more games. Of those 15 forwards, Placanitz, Deneau at the bottom of the list two goals per game. At the top, Galchenyuk, Paul Byron, Michael McCarron, interestingly, who's not getting any ice time. Top three on the Montreal Canadiens in producing offense. Alex Galchenyuk, Paul Byron, Michael McCarron. Um, so let's look at the other side, because you did say that, that Thomas Placanitz was uh, producing, uh, well, at least uh, his, his defensive numbers were good, uh, which is true. Um, Canitz is in the top five as far as defensive numbers. Who's just above Thomas Pocanitz? Michael McCarron in terms of his defense. Fewest, fewest goals against per 60. You have Daniel Carr, you have Andrew Shaw, you have Michael McCarron and Thomas Pocanitz in your top five. Who's on the bottom? Philip Deneau, one of the worst players on the team defensively. So a lot of this, as I said, a lot of this is about perception and expectations. Uh, Felt Deno, one of the worst players on the team offensively, one of the worst players on the team defensively. So I'm not here to criticize right today Philip Deno, but let's criticize the media for their creation of this bubble because 
This is the same kind of thing that happened with, we can name a, a dozen players. Guillaume Latondres is a great example. Was first star, was a star, RDS picked him every time, and he was terrible. And then the bubble burst, and everybody turned on Latondres. I don't want to see that with Deno. So let's lay off the, the silly comments about Deno. He's having a decent season. He's not a first line, he's not a top six player. He's, he's uh, maybe a good third line center, and let's, let's hope he's successful there. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to put the mainstream media for their treatment of Deno in my loser week uh, category. Well, I think it has a lot to do, like you said, with expectations. I don't think uh, we, there were high expectations for, for Philip Dano. And he's done better than, well, at least than what I expected. I wasn't expecting this kind of production. And it's mostly because we probably didn't, we don't know him before he joined the Montreal Canadiens. So that's, what I think, what caused this uh, surprise. And... And you know how it is when it comes to Montreal Canadiens fan base or even the media. When somebody does good, we get too excited and we pump them up more than what we should. And when they do bad, we take them down and we make them look uh, worse than what they actually are. So I think it's the same thing when it comes to somebody like uh, like Philip uh, Dano. So mainstream media for treatment of Philip Dano, you are a loser of the week. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Well, with all these injuries, Canadiens have a lot of AHL players with them on the roster. One of them is Nikita Sherbach, who will be making his debut uh, tonight against the uh, Maple Leafs. Let's hear what Sherbach says he's worked on uh, in uh, in St. John's. Uh, my game is better than uh, start of the year. You know, I feel confident more. I uh, I play better. You know, I'm a, I'm a more uh, all-around player than I was before. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I uh, fix my defensive game a little bit. You know, I try play over 200 feet game. And, well, we have Rick with us, who, especially even during the holidays, he was on the road with the Ice Caps for uh, for for their games. So, Rick, you saw Nikita Sherbach on site uh, several times uh, this season. What are your thoughts on uh, how he's been playing? What should the Canadians be, fans should be expecting of Nikita Sherbach? Yeah, well, I've, I've seen every game that he's played this, this season, many of them in person. We've interviewed him twice this, this year. Um, he is much more confident. Uh, he, he he understands that uh, as a, as a, a star player, as an offensive player, he's a bit of a target. He's going to get hit. He realizes that he has to take a hit to make a play. Um, he has much more confidence this year. Went through. He's uh, just back recovering from a, a shoulder injury, so he's he's not a hundred percent. Um, I think fans are going to have to adjust their viewing. Um, He's a different player to watch. He has kind of a hunched over skating style, Um, a little awkward. Uh, He he cruises around um, a little like Galchenyuk, but his acceleration is instant. Um, He can create. He's very creative. 
Uh, he carries the puck well, a clean uh, offensive zone entries. Uh, he's the master at them. He's the best at them uh, on the ice caps. Um, it's going to be a little tough for him on the first, uh, fourth line. Um, he, it takes him time to get into a groove, and then he likes to play. He likes to get in there. So we might not see uh, the entire Nikita Sherback uh, this, this uh, trip. Um, but he's going to be a very exciting player, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to, to have him uh, up and getting his first chance with the Canadians. Yeah, and it looks like he'll be playing with uh, Michael McCarron and Bobby Farnham in a tonight's game against the Maple Leafs. And another uh, Ace Caps news, uh, Rick, earlier today, Canadians announced that they signed a two-year, two-way deal on, uh, with uh, Marcus Eisenschmidt. So what can you tell us about him? Yeah, it's, it's uh, with, with um, uh, seven players, uh, as you mentioned earlier, up from the Ice Caps, it's created a whole uh, for the, uh, uh, the ice caps to the Canadians is created a hole with the ice caps. So they've called up several players from, um, from Brampton. Um, I should also mention that uh, they've been on a 10 game road trip back to December 14th. Um, haven't seen a uh, home since December 10th. So um, it's, it's been wearing on the team and, and injuries have, have been a problem. They filled in um uh, quite well. They've also had of interest. They brought up uh, and signed to a 25-game PTO. John McCarron, uh, older brother of Mike McCarron, he's uh, playing, been playing in the ECHL from the Florida Everblades, named to the ECHL uh, All-Star squad. Um, Julian Bruyette, who a defenseman who's been playing on a, a PTO, was signed to an AHL contract. 30-year-old uh, defenseman, kind of a mentor, first pairing with Joel Hanley this year. But Marcus Eisenschmidt is is uh, he's been second third line center um, and and moved up last night. He got the tying goal with a couple minutes left. Um, very speedy center, tons of speed to burn. Uh, happens to be a good friend of uh, Nikita Sherback off the ice. Uh, they've had a uh, good influence on each other. Sure, uh, Eisenschmidt has stepped up his game um, this season. He's uh, isn't afraid to go into those dirty areas um, and uh, and very creative in the offense. And like I said, speed to burn, uh, good skill, and uh, congratulations to him on this two-year, two-way contract. Um, I mean, it's he's come a long way. We, I saw him first at the 2015 development camp. He kind of turned heads where he scored four goals in a scrimmage. And that was kind of our first introduction to him. And now he's signing his, his – uh, first contract with the Canadians. So congratulations to Marcus. And another Ice Caps news this week, uh, Mark Barbario and uh, Charlie Lindgren were named to uh, the AHL uh, All-Star game. Rick, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the game in uh, Syracuse tonight. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Chris. Talk to you soon. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report your premier source for the St. John's Icecaps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to be joined by TSN Montreal Bureau reporter John Liu. And don't forget to send us your comments. Who needs to step up offensively for the Canadiens until the key players are healthy? Let us know via Twitter at Tabs360. 
or on the All Habs Facebook page. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 193 of the Habs 360 podcast for this uh, Saturday, January 7th, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, ChrisG1980. And joining me now on the line, he is a TSN Montreal Bureau reporter. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, John Lou TSN MTL. John Lou, thank you for joining us, and a Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year to you too, Chris, and to all your listeners. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's uh, our pleasure. So let's start off, John, with uh, early this week when the Canadians were in Nashville. You were on site as well there for uh, for TSN. And we know there was a lot of hype, at least from the Montreal Canadiens, and in Montreal about that big game, Weber's back to Nashville. Unfortunately, P.K. Subban wasn't part of that game. Uh, when you were there, did you feel there was that same kind of hype from, let's say, from the locals in, in Nashville as well? Oh, well, uh, yeah, the locals were, it was a huge deal in Nashville, uh, uh, you know, Shea Weber's return. Um, to a far lesser extent, Alexander Radulov, he became a, a real sidebar on the uh, on the day 
days leading up and then uh, the morning of, but then we all saw the end result. He was a huge catalyst for uh, the Canadians' win. But that day really was uh, uh, largely all about uh, Shea Weber, and rightfully so. He spent 11 years in Nashville, six years as captain, uh, Norris Trophy nominee, all-star, face of the franchise, and a huge member of the community in terms of his uh, charitable endeavors. And so, um, yeah, it was... um, the the reception and uh, the um, just the treatment that uh, Weber got uh, from the time that he stepped out on the ice and through the video tribute in the first period until post game, um, yeah, the Nashville fans really showed their love for him. The organization too, the, just the appreciation that uh, that all connected to Nashville and the Predators have have I was I said had but still have. For Shea Weber, it was on full display and very classy and uh, touching video tribute too. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was really um, it was quite a sight to behold because normally when a player goes back to his former city, uh, you don't normally see the kind of outpouring of affection for him as uh, as you did in this case. But uh, that just goes to show how uh, beloved Shea Weber it was and still is in the city of Nashville. And it's been a little over six months since that trade uh, was uh, was announced. How would you evaluate that uh, the big trade so far? Um, I think you'd have to call it an incomplete, quite frankly, just because with uh, with Subban out of the lineup since, um, excuse me, since about uh, roughly mid-December um, and anticipating that he will be out until probably close to the All-Star game, uh, if not longer, I'm sure that he's really hoping that he can be back for uh, – for January 28th weekend in in LA, um, uh, it, it's not a complete picture. Uh, I guess we can only go on uh, the results that we've seen up to the point that PK was injured uh, or that that he suffered that uh, that suspected herniated disc. But uh, so far, it's uh, most of the indicators would say that Montreal Canadiens are winning that trade at this moment in time. You simply look at their record and. Uh, what Shea Weber has been able to contribute to them. Um, he's really been a tremendous catalyst for the Canadian success this year, a real calming influence in the dressing room, a very positive uh, leader uh, in terms of his uh, his voice and his actions inside and outside the dressing room, on the ice, all those things. So he's contributed uh, in ways that uh, that aren't immediately visible to the uh, public and to the media. Uh, P.K. Subban, is, uh, he's been very much embraced in, in Nashville, very involved in the uh, um, the uh, the Vanderbilt Hospital there with the uh, you know the children's the children's wing at the Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville and by all indications uh, his teammates have embraced him uh, that he's uh, uh, he's he's leading in a different kind of way and I think we always have to come back to that that he and Shea Weber are such polar opposites in terms of their style of play their their personalities that it's uh, it's really uh, really difficult to kind of um, compare apples and or- um, apples and apples because it's not it's apples and oranges in this case. But uh, from from the Predators' standpoint, well, they're they're they've been on the edge or outside of the playoff picture for pretty much the whole season. They uh, they get patches of uh, good play, but then uh, and then not so good play. So they've been very inconsistent, and that's a word that David Poyle and uh, and Peter Laviolette both used when describing their team um, since the uh, since the start of this season is concerned. Uh, Web, or excuse me, uh, Subban's numbers, um, point-wise, similar to Weber's, but uh, tremendously uh, different in terms of, of, of um, plus-minus, if you want to use that as an indicator. And you know, it's largely a reflection of where their teams are at in terms of of uh, where their over where their overall play is. Um, 
although <laughs> Nashville is a very good possession team, so um, it just seems that there have been parts of the season where Pecorine has not been particularly good um, and that the team has been inconsistent. And so I think PK's numbers, um, just in, if, you're, if we want to point to them plus minus, as an indicator, have been cut, sort of caught in the backwash of what the team's struggles have been. So, uh, yeah, we, I think we're going to be um, assessing this as the remainder of the season plays out, but it's going to be tough to assess that simply because we don't know exactly how long P.K. Subban's going to be out of the lineup. And uh, this week there was a, two more injuries to the Montreal Canadiens. Brendan Gallagher, who is out for at least eight weeks. Uh, Paul Barton, we don't have much information on the length that he'll be he'll be out of there so it, we're pretty much close john that me and you might be playing on the fourth line before the end of the week the way things are going and oh i don't think they'd ever get that desperate chris <laughs> <laughs> uh there's seven ahl players in the lineup when i mean ahl players players that didn't start with the names at the start of the season so their depth is really getting tested uh, right now uh, who needs to step up for the Canadians, at least in the short term? We know Galchenko is coming up, is coming back, looks like sooner than later. But offensively, who needs to step up for the Canadians, at least in the short term? Well, I mean, we've been saying this since the beginning of the season, and it's Thomas Placanitz. Um I don't know how much more you can ask of Max Pacioretty and Alexander Radulov in terms of their their production. Uh, Philip Deneau has been a, a revelation. His play has just gotten better and better as the season has increased and his injuries have set in. He's been given more responsibility and he's responded in kind with really tremendous performances. So if you're looking at guys that are um, stalwarts or veterans uh, that's, that are relied upon, um, well, Thomas Buchanan is still, he is still not entirely earning his pay. Uh, the Canadians, they need more production out of him. Especially since, for the foreseeable future, he's going to be occupying that uh, that number two center role. Um, although its indications are that Alex Galchenyuk is probably just a few practices away from getting back to into action, but uh, but certainly uh, the Canadians need more from Thomas Pekanec. There's just no two ways about it. Um, and uh, from their defensive core, uh, it's it's hard to really ask for much more than them. Uh, from them, simply because Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie have had such tremendous seasons as well. Nathan Bolia is stepping up his play as he's gotten more responsibilities and more ice time, and we've seen that he seems to up his play when he does get more responsibilities. So uh, so he has already picked up the pace. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we point to Placanus, but at the same time, the team has had a very, very good road trip. You know, seven games, seven-game road trip, and they've picked up the majority of, of points throughout uh, throughout that stretch and uh, then they still have two more that they could pick up tonight in Toronto so really um, when you take a look at where the Canadians are at this stage of the season with all these injuries seven regulars out of the lineup compared to last season with really one big regular out of the lineup this is just a vastly improved team you know much deeper much more cohesive <coughs> in certain ways more professional uh, more mature so uh They've been able to weather this storm in a much better fashion than they did at this time last year. So very positive signs for the Montreal Canadiens. And then um, you look at the standings, and they're still 10 points clear of their nearest pursuer in the Atlantic Division. So uh, really full marks to Michel Therrien and his coaching staff, as well as the players themselves, that they've really been able to uh, – they, they haven't allowed a spate or a flood, really, of injuries to, uh, um, to get them down 
or to they haven't used it as an excuse for uh, for poor play because really since Alex Gelchenyuk went down um, I'd have to take a look at all the games but in in to my recollection there have not been any blowout losses at the most maybe a two or three goal loss uh, but uh, pretty much every game they're in it's one goal games win or lose they've uh, they've managed to stay competitive and and hanging in there and so if they can just hold on a little bit longer and they start to get back some of their bodies their key contributors then uh, this team will be heading into the second half of the season uh, well poised to make a strong push for the playoffs and don if you would have been talking in september october and i would have told you uh, paul barnes paul barnes and get injured he's going to miss a couple of games we probably would have said that big deal but when he went down this week we were we were concerned that we're going to miss Paul Byron. Oh yeah, well, um and so far it's been uh well, I think we'll we'll see for certain tonight uh what impact that will uh, what that will have on the lineup, but uh you know the fact that he he was knocked out of the uh, of the uh the Dallas game and the Canadians still won that and uh you know, Max Pacioretty with the overtime winner in two straight games. That just goes to show that this team responds much, much better to adversity. And so, yeah, they've they've had a little bit of a break now, which is was which is good for them to, uh, you know, just sort of catch their breath before ending this road trip. And so, um, we'll see what kind of a Canadians team there is in Toronto tonight with Paul Byron out of the lineup, and well, and Brendan Gallagher too, for that matter. Um, because that Montreal, or excuse me, that Toronto Maple Leafs team is running pretty hot right now, so they're going to be awfully tough competition for the Canadians. But uh, um, yeah, it's it, it's hard to really quantify um, what Paul Byron's loss will mean to the team, simply because he's been uh, really an all-purpose, like a Swiss Army knife, uh, a tool for for Michel Therrien. You know, he plays on the power play, he plays. He's on the penalty kill. He's strong five-on-five as evidence that he's moved up and down to the lineup and played on all four lines throughout the course of the season. So um, when you take somebody that versatile and that can uh, really uh, step up at any given time and provide a big moment from somebody that you really don't expect that, then, um, yeah, that's uh, it, it will have an interesting impact on the team itself. But at the same time, Really eager to see what Nikita Sherbach is able to do uh, in his NHL debut tonight because he's been uh, sort of uh, ripening on the vine for quite some time, and it just seems that this season in St. John's he's putting things together and that he's getting close to being NHL ready. I won't say full time because there's a whole lot for him to prove, but uh, it'll be very. Uh, uh, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of Canadians fans and media who are very eager to see what's, uh, what Nikita Sherbach is able to accomplish tonight. Yeah, that's it for sure. Him and even somebody like Sven Andrew not he's been going back and forth with uh, with St. John's. It's what eight or nine times he's been called up and down. So it's good to see another face, a new face, Nikita Sherbach. We're all excited. But if I'm not mistaken, he just came back from injury, uh, Sherbach as well. So I'm not sure like how that's going to impact his uh, his play as well uh, tonight with uh, against the Leafs. Uh, yeah, well, but he's going to be playing on the fourth line, though, Chris. He's not going to get a lot of ice time. So basically, true. for him, it's it's uh, for him, it's basically playing a simple game, being responsible, which is one of the buzzwords of Michel Therrien. That's what he wants from all his players, but especially his young players, um, as they're trying to make their way into the lineup. So I mean, you're not people who are expecting um, some sort of 
miracle debut from Nikita Sherback, well, they're looking in the wrong place just because he's not going to get a lot of ice time along with Mike McCarron, and I believe Bobby Farnham is on the left wing for that fourth line. Um, And uh, so they're they're going to get spot duty, and the main thing is that they just need to play smart, simple hockey and be responsible, and if they do get chances in transition or down low in the cycle, uh, that see, that's the thing. is that I don't know enough about Bobby Farnham's game. We know what Nikita Sherback's about. So what kind of game that line plays with McCarron in the middle is, uh, I think, undetermined at this point. So, um, But it's still, it's always, uh, it's always fun to see a high-caliber prospect, a guy who was picked in the first round, get his first chance in the bigs, especially on a stage like the Air Canada Centre on a Saturday night. And uh, so hopefully uh, he has he enjoys the experience and it's a positive one for him. And uh, one last question, John, before we let you go. Uh, earlier this week, Canadians announced a two-year contract extension with uh, goaltender Al Montoya. Uh, in the press conference, Mark Bergevin said it had nothing to do with the uh, with the expansion draft. Do you believe that? Well, it helps. That certainly wouldn't have been the first priority in extending Al Montoya. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is Al Montoya has just been a tremendous fit in this dressing room. Uh, when you take a look at the guys that have come through the, uh, since Carey Price became the best goalie in the world, uh, who the backups have been, they all have to follow a certain template, and that's a guy that absolutely does not have an ambition to take Carey Price's job. You know, because anybody that comes to Montreal that's thinking that, that's the wrong franchise to be, uh, especially as a free agent, to be signing on with. You're going to, in Montreal, the backup is only going to play at the most, about 20, 20 to 25 games. And so that individual is going to have to be sharp. He's going to have to be a really good teammate. He's going to have to be ready when his time comes. Uh, nobody anticipates, anticipated what Mike Condon had to do last year, but um, the fact of the matter is that Al Montoya is a very veteran. Uh, he's a very experienced veteran. He's a tremendous personality, extremely sunny and positive personality that, uh, that is well-liked in the dressing room and has been since the, since the moment he walked in there. So uh, you can just see that all the components that Mark Bergevin is assembling, they all, one of the... Uh, one of the, the defining characteristics of all these players, whether it be Andrew Shaw or Shea Weber or Al Montoya or Alexander Radulov, is that these guys are all good in the dressing room. They're good teammates. They're character individuals. And I know a lot of people that follow the Canadians are tired of hearing Mark Bergevin use the character word, but it's so true. It's it's such a such a crucial and important ca- or, um, characteristic for any individual as a especially in a in a in an NHL dressing room to exhibit uh that's you know he's really he's really finding guys that fit a mold uh extremely well and Al Montoya is just another one of those guys in addition to the fact that he's had good starts he's played very well until the uh until the disaster in Columbus and there were a couple of games after that where he wasn't exact he wasn't at his best Al Montoya has given the Canadians everything they could have asked for and he's fit in very well so yeah for all those reasons that's that's that that's why the Canadians were comfortable extending him in mid-season as opposed to waiting until the end of this season. Um, but the fact that logistically this off-season is going to be one like uh, I, I'm not I'm not going to say like like never before or in the future because once there is another expansion, uh, they're going to go through this process again. But certainly it does help that the Canadians do have a goaltender that they can expose in the expansion draft and it won't have to be Carey Price. 
Yeah, and I know for, for sure a couple of weeks ago we tried going through the exercise of who the Canadians would protect, and it gets tricky. It's some tough decisions need to be made. Then the Canadians. Oh, for sure, yeah. Every team, every team's going to have those 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 difficult decisions to make, and I, and that's just another reason why I I don't think that Alexander Radulov is going to have a contract signed before the end of this season. Um, simply because if he does sign an extension, yet there's another player that they're going to have to protect. But if the willingness is there for him to uh, sign an extension with Montreal, I believe that will go to the days just prior to July 1st when the team has that exclusivity window to negotiate with their pending free agents, and that something will get done then. And yeah. uh, then once the, you know, after the expansion draft is done. So uh, Because the thing is that it, there isn't really a, a, a significant danger for a team coming out of the woodwork unless they're going to give like max money in term to a UFA, but I, you know, hard to believe that anybody will do that for Alexander Radulov, regardless of how good a season he has here, because he's 31, right? Um, And uh, he's had one good year or half a year so far. And all the indications are that he should be able to continue that. And he, again, he's been a tremendous fit for the Canadians. And um, so, uh, yeah, for all those reasons, plus the fact that he just loves it in Montreal. Um, he really wanted to come back to Quebec and to play for the Canadians, so uh, there's every reason to believe that um, logistically they, they would probably maneuver to make it fit, and that Montreal would probably be his uh, first and foremost uh, uh, destination uh, for where he'd play hockey next season moving forward. Yeah, for sure, and if he continues the way he has, he's that uh, top six for the Canadians have been that Bergevin has been trying to get since he started, since he joined the Canadians. He had a lot of bad experiences on that uh, right side, but now it seems like Radulov, like you said, for at least for half a season, he's been uh, the right guy so far. So, yep, absolutely. John, thank you very much 100%. for joining us, and uh, we'll be we'll be watching uh, we'll be watching on TSN. Thanks for joining us. Okay, John. always a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. All right, so that was uh, John Liu from uh, from TSN joining us talking Montreal Canadiens. We're going to take our final break. On the other side, our question of the day, who needs to step up offensively for the Canadians until the key players are healthy? Let us know via Twitter at Habs360. Go to the All Habs Facebook page or give us a call at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from R2Canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net. 
the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. AllHabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. They're close. You know what? They're, they're close. You know, they're, they're really close. Uh, that's the reason why that uh, they're here with us. They need some pra- to practice with the team. And it's a tough schedule because we don't spend time at home. So that's why they're here with the team. They're going to practice with the team. Uh, tomorrow morning, and uh, after those two practice, we're going to, in the middle of the step, we're going to revelate um, the situation and see if uh, they're they're ready for Monday or Wednesday. We don't, I'm not, I don't know yet. So that's Michel Terrier speaking uh, on a Friday about uh, Asgal Chenyak and Andre Markov, who practice with the team. They both practice with no contact jerseys. So, like John Lou mentioned in our in our last segment. We're just a couple of practices away, so I'm thinking that maybe even this time next week uh, that these guys may have already played uh, the first game. In the last in the last week, we found out that Brendan Gallagher injured at least eight weeks, in addition to Paul Byron, who's out at least what do we know day to day or something. Then there's Oscar Galchenyuk. There's a lot of injuries with them facing the Montreal names right now. And the Max already spoke uh, to the media about it on the Friday. Uh, you know, we just take things one day at a time, and and we have a uh, good player stepping in. Guys are going to get an opportunity now to step in and and be a difference, especially because uh, Brandon's an offensive guy. So some guys will get uh, more offensive responsibilities. So a uh, good opportunity for guys to step up, and we just hope everyone that's injured comes back. All right. So Max already spoke about players have to step up. I mentioned in the first segment that a player that needs to step up is uh, Thomas Plekanec. And, well, this uh, John Liu, he was joining us in the last segment, and he mentioned as well that uh, Thomas Plekanec is uh, the, the player that he's expecting to uh, step up. So let's see what you, our listeners, our followers, think. You can also let us give us a call. By the way, we still have time at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. if you want to reach us. So we're going to start with the All Habs. Facebook page. Andre Ruzinski writes, shouldn't be hard to replace the, the six goals Gallagher scored. So a little kind of a, a cheap shot there by Andre. But Gallagher brings more to the Canadians than um, than goals. He always gives, the effort level is always that 110%. So it's more than that. Bruce Saunders writes, everybody, all hands on deck. And for sure, that's a good option. That's how we saw like a Paul Byron, like a Philippe Dano stepping up. It's uh, probably everybody. Adam Scheinberg writes, 
sure back. So that's quite the expectation to set on the youngster to uh, to start off with. Sheldon Weisberg and uh, Brad Harris, right? Everybody. And then Zabedi Fleming, right? Plekanet is uh, the one who needs to uh, to step up. So thank you very much for your comments on Facebook. If we go now on Twitter, Gordon, he writes from uh, from Southwest Ontario. He writes, Mark Bergevin needs to step up. So I'm assuming you, Gordon, that you think that Bergevin should make a trade to uh, to replace Brendan Gallagher. It's in an ideal world, yes, they need, would need they would need that help. But uh, right now, all the general managers, it's the worst time to contact the general manager for a trade because they know you're desperate. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Gordon. Then skills, right? Brian Flynn needs to step up. So thank you for the tweet. Uh, skills, Brian Flynn. He's not a goal scorer. He's not a. He's there. To, he's fast. He's there to kill penalties. He's a fourth line player who could help out on the third line when things are needed, but not more than that. And then Steve. He writes, Plekanec, hands down. Lekonen is being destroyed by playing him with uh, Plekanec. So thank you for the tweet, Steve. So it's very interesting. So it's uh, it's pretty much Plekanec seems like the the consensus pick that you need to step up. So so thank you for that. We also posted a poll question about the Canadians' road trip. So far, the Canadians have collected eight out of the possible 12 points. And we asked, do you consider this road trip a success? And so far, our, uh, the poll results are, I'm going to tell that in a second, 82% say yes, 4% say no, and 14% depend on tonight's game. So uh, I'm going to agree with the 82%. I think regardless of what happens in uh, tonight's game against the Leafs, it is a successful road trip, especially when you take into consideration the injuries to Galchenyuk, the injuries to um, to Markov on defense as well. You've got to be happy with uh, 8 out of 12 or 8 out of 14 points. On the road, team has to go anything over 500 is a good road trip. But we did get some replies to that poll question as well. Mark Masikot, he writes from Kitchener, Ontario. It's great. And even if they lose tonight, it gives the Leafs two points towards their playoff run, Habs series. So, boy, wouldn't that be great, a Habs against the Leafs in the playoffs. It would probably bring back the rivalry because, well, right now there isn't much of one. Blaine from allhabs.net, Blaine Podvang writes, if they can finish with 10 to 14 points, it's a great trip. 8 of 14 is just over 500 and can really be called successful, maybe passable. Injuries or no, Habs are a team needing to win. It is results that matter at this point. So thank you for the tweet, Blaine. And Canadians have a 10-point cushion in their division. Like, if they don't win tonight, is it the end of the world? I don't think so. Todd Tomander, he writes, certainly better with win tonight, but still good. Only regulation loss in a game with 37 shots, plus all of the injuries. 
3-0-2 all on the road since Christmas. Have to be happy with that. So thank you very much for the tweet, Todd. So it's very interesting. Canadians facing the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight in Toronto, and that will conclude the road trip. And then they're coming back for one game on Monday against the Capitals and then heading back on the road for two games against the Jets and the Minnesota Wild uh, this week. By the way, I just want to go back to uh, a question that I asked to, uh, to John Lou about Almontoya. In fact, whether or not he was resigned because of the expansion draft, let's hear what the Braves had to say on that. Correct. I mean, I wouldn't sign a guy in a two-year deal just because uh, I need to expose him in the draft. You know, uh, could find those goalies probably in, in, in April and May. So obviously that was based on performance and uh, again the way he's played. And uh, you saw the game in Florida after the win. All the guys were excited for him. He's a great teammate. I'm sure he's a great teammate, but unfortunately I don't believe that the expansion draft had nothing to uh, to do with that. Listen up! It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, there were some bad tweets, and well, we're going to read one. Canadians announced that Brendan Gallagher is going to be out at least for eight weeks after surgery to repair a fracture in his left hand. And then following that tweet, there was a, uh, on Twitter, Colton DiStefano, Twitter handle is DI underscore Stefano45. He, he writes, after Shea Weber, Slapshot, great leadership, hashtag Habs, hashtag PK is better. So what does Brendan Gallagher's injury? Yes, it was from a slap shot from Shea Weber, but that wasn't intentional. Like, you actually think that Shea Weber took a slap shot and aimed for Brendan Gallagher? I'm sorry, but that's pretty, that's pretty bad. And I'm being nice here. It's, uh, it's more than bad. But let's keep it a brand new year. Let's try to be happy. You know, it's a bad tweet, but everybody has a bad day. But that's just ridiculous. What does that have to do with anything with with leadership? And, and don't get me wrong. There's other people like Colton or other people who don't like this trade, regardless of what Shea Weber does and regardless of what P.K. Subban does. Not liking the trades, I think, you know, you, you you're allowed to not like the trades. But, you know, get over it. I wasn't happy with the trade when it happened back in June. But, you know, it's time to move on. And accept Shea Weber is now Montreal Canadian. And accept that P.K. Subban is a Nashville predator. But that's just me. So that will do it for today's episode. I want to thank Rick Stevens who joined us at the top of the episode for our winners and our losers and to give us an update on the uh, St. John Ice Caps. also want to thank uh, John Liu, TSN Montreal Bureau reporter, who joined us to discuss uh, Montreal Canadiens. And, well, if you missed, if you just joined us now here in the live episode, if you missed any of it or you just want to re-listen again, search Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for our archives. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for listening, for interacting with us, because you are what makes the Habs360 podcast the most informative and interactive podcast that there is. Coming up next week, Canadians will be a little bit more over the halfway mark, so we'll have our winners and our losers of the first half of the season and more. 
My name is Christy, Christian1980 on Twitter. We'll talk next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. See ya. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.